And hello! Welcome back to Feeling... Content! Here we are, Brad. Hi. How are you feeling, Michael? I'm doing great. I'm, uh, I'm drinking a cup of, uh, a cup of feet right now. A little, a little throwback to the Bay Area. Verve Coffee in Santa Cruz. Ooh, Santa Cruz. Cheers, I've got my cup of fee. Mine's iced fee. What do you, um, what's your, what's your mix in there? I see some, some milk or cream or something. Yeah, I got a little milk in there. I like, I usually drink black, but with some iced coffee, I like, like a little cream or some milk. Is it, uh, whole milk, 2%? What's your, what's your preference? It's goat milk. Okay. (laughs) Nah, it's, it's, it's whole milk. Probiotics. I like whole milk. I like I like whole milk for my coffee. That's because it's not quite as it's not as rich as cream, but it's still got a little depth to that's it. That's very um, traditional and old school of you. I like that. I respect that. Good yeah. good fee game. Yeah, it's a good fee game. Um, so listener, um, we mentioned last time we are doing a special episode uh, to kick off the new year and wrap up twenty twenty. That's right. Uh, Michael, do you want to tell us a little, tell the listener a little bit about it? Or yeah, um, well, so we're gonna do uh, our our first annual feelies, feelies uh, mm-hmm. of twenty twenty, and so we decided to wait into January of twenty twenty one just in case anything changed there at the at the end of the year. As we said, most nothing did, nothing changed, nothing did, but we didn't. <laughs> But the, we didn't. We didn't, we didn't take the risk like other publications yeah. do in releasing their 2020 uh-huh. list as early as in Thanksgiving. Like November. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like at least we're we're doing right by you, the listener, and making sure that we heard the whole year. Yeah. And uh, the listener um, may know as well. Um, Eagle is also on this podcast. He's quiet right now, but he might be joining us later. Mephilis. Um Just FYI. Um, but yeah, so you want to get started, Mike? Let's do it. Kick us off. All right, so we are starting off with the best non-2020 2020 album. And this is our own personal albums that we listened to a lot or that we really liked that wasn't released in 2020. The rest of the albums we're going to talk about were released in 2020. And um, but these are albums that we listen to a lot and really like. This so, isn't this isn't an uh, official feely though, right? Uh, no, it's just kind of a way to kick us off okay, okay. and uh, warm up, All right. warm up, and um, yeah. So one of the uh, the first album was Carrie and Lowell by Sufjan Stevens, and that's and that this is your this is your preference of non twenty. This is my yeah, preference. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me what did you learn from the Tillamook burn or the 4th of July? We're all gonna die. Yeah, so a very uplifting. We're all gonna die. And we had talked about uh, this album on one of our earlier podcasts, but the live version. Um, but. This, uh, the, the studio version of this album is really, uh, you have to listen to the whole album. That snippet doesn't do it justice. Um, and I'll, and I'll, I'll confirm that too for the listener. I feel like it's, it's good stuff. And despite the fact that that was a very dark snippet, that was funny. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a while to find a snippet, like 
because it's it's all very moody and anyways i thought that one was kind of interesting at least if not depressing um yeah so what was uh your album yeah that was not released in 2020 wow, yeah i listened to this a lot and we also talked about it on the podcast but um rage against the machine self-titled album rage against the machine And and this one, oddly, also became a, uh, in a, in a sense, right? It came one of the the rallying um, themes. Well, Rage Against the Machine. I'm not sure if it was bomb track. Became a theme song for a lot of the BLM protests over the summer. Yeah. So, coincidentally, I feel like this album actually has a little a little place in 2020. Oddly enough. Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah, and I love that album. So good. It's a great so album. So good. All right, well, let's get into the feelies. The actual feelies. That was just a warm-up. Yeah. This is this is the feelies. So we're going to nominate two albums and pick another album as the winner. Oh. Not another album. One of those two albums is the winner. And we decided between those two albums, just kind of objectively, which one we thought was, I don't know, one out, but obviously we both put those on there, and so they're both good albums. And we, and we, so let's start out. We both came to the okay. table with a nominee. Sorry, we both came to the table with a nominee, yeah. and and I don't think, um, yeah, we. It doesn't really matter who the nominees were. We both like both of the albums. Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna keep it a secret. Yeah. We'll let the listener try to decide there you go. which one. There you go. Who was who? There you go. Um, so our first category. Drum roll is best driving album, and uh, the first win- nominee, Detroit Two, Big Sean. Bitch, I'm back and it's up PSA. I'm too flick to take off all my shit at TSA. I know we met today, but I'ma need that shit today. Might go extra extra just so I can see they face. Boom, and the next nominee is. The new abnormal, the strokes. Nice. Well, let's get st- uh, to the winner. Yeah. And the winner, drum roll. Our best driving album. The new abnormal, the Strokes. Beautiful, and they're not here to accept this. <laughs> so, but we'll talk to we'll talk about it on their behalf. Oh, there's Eagle. Yeah. So the, the new the new abnormal um, came out in April, and it was a comeback album in a sense for the Strokes because they haven't been around for a while. Yeah. And it was definitely a return to form. Yeah, and I think, too, for The Strokes, they had, what was it, their first two albums were um, very popular and critically acclaimed, and then they kind of, not only did they not release albums for a while, but the ones released subsequently after those first two albums were not as critically acclaimed. Not as well-received, and and then Julian Casablancas, the lead singer, kind of had his own project for a while, 
I know that the guitarist of The Strokes had his, had his own project for a while, so he bounced around. But this one, I feel like, is if you're a Strokes fan, it's a blast. And if you like driving with music, this is a good, feel-good, kind of fun. You know, it's got upbeat, like, if you could find a little back road where you can kind of push your car a little bit, this is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I like the clip you chose because... A lot of the album seems really similar to This Is It, which is like my favorite Strokes record, um, which is a good thing. But that that clip you played shows kind of the growth they had because it's a, it's different than it sounds very different than This Is 100%. It. One hundred percent. It's yeah. It's a it's they still have their garage rock roots, but they mm-hmm. definitely branched out a little bit, and it it works. Um, so it's the Strokes. Mm-hmm. It's the twenty twenty Strokes. You know. It's a 2020. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get try to get through this, you know, so we're not doing a two hour long podcast. Um, our second category is best backyard hang album. First nominee, Cut and Grass, The Butcher Shop Sessions, Sturgill Simpson. Till the truth comes bubbling up so bittersweet. Ain't no home getting out of bed. And the second nominee, The Waterfall 2, My Morning Jacket. And the winner for Best Backyard Hang Album is... The Waterfall 2! No, I'm just kidding. No! No, Michael, you're interrupting me. It's cutting grass. This is a... This is a uh, uh, what was that one? Uh, La La Land moment? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, this is the Moonlight La La Land moment. Yeah. My bad. No, I'm, it was cutting grass. I, Stur- 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 I apologize, Brad. I was, I was, I was looking at our award list, and uh, um, I, sc- I screwed up. <laughs> I screwed up, and the, and the listener will understand later. Um, sorry. You. How about, uh, how about we start over? Let's let's do it right for Sturgill Simpson. Okay. And the winner is for best backyard hang album. Sturgill Simpson, cutting grass. Yay. <laughs> yeah, and I specifically picked that clip because they talk about you brewing a pot of coffee when you ain't got no cream. <laughs> well, you do have cream today. Um, yeah, I do have cream. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so both of these albums are good, uh, great albums. Um, and I really, uh, The Cutting Grass is just a great chill out just chill out album that has well not chill out it's pretty upbeat um it's i really like it what are your thoughts on it i mean we bluegrass yeah we it's it's chill out and it's yeah i guess bluegrass is kind of chill out but also not not chill out but it's it's backyard hanging yeah it's perfect and that's what we said in our when we spoke about the album earlier in the year that it's that that would be grab a, ideal listening experience, like barbecuing with friends yeah. or something along those lines, right? Yeah, grab a beer, flip some dogs. Yeah, no, I love it, and Sturgill is, you know, one of the best, the best out there, and it's a fun, it's a fun album. So I, I, yeah. I look forward to a backyard hang 
with friends where we can play this because those are a few and far yeah. between these days. Yeah, and before we move on, I just want to say um, to those of you that either didn't listen to our episode or didn't know about this album, so this is a reimagining of Sturgill Simpson's songs previously released as Bluegrass songs. And he also released Cut and Grass Volume 2, which I haven't listened to as much. I haven't listened to it I need yet to either. give it a listen to. But if you're looking... Um, just, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for, if you like bluegrass, right, this is a good but one. But you want to ease in, or you want to ease into it. Yeah. This is a good yeah. one. This is a good one. All right. We're going to move on to our next category. Our next category is Live, Laugh, Love. First nominee, Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers. Second nominee, Folklore, Taylor Swift. But we were something, don't you think so? Roaring twenties, tossing pennies in the pool. And if my wishes came true, it would have been you. And the winner is Folklore by Taylor Swift. Taylor's wish did come true. <laughs> Um, I, I briefly brought on, on Punisher. I listened to it again for the, for the feelies and, um, uh, the first half I really liked and I feel like I, I'm glad I gave it a second chance. So, um, I thought it was also very good, but when it stand, standing next to the masterpiece, which was folklore, almost maybe the masterpiece mm-hmm. of 2020, hard to say. Yeah. 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 Um, and well, I forgot to mention this about Cutting Grass, but this record falls in the same category. Surprise release, you know. You know, most albums release on a Friday. Just, boom. Friday, this album drops. Or, like, I think she announced it on Thursday. But, like, not a lot of press leading up to it. No press leading up to it, except for that Thursday night. And, um... And typically... Fans were shocked. Yeah, and typically, like... And adored it. Right, and typically, I feel like for those types of albums expectations are low because they're like okay mm-hmm. like there was no like what are we getting here we're we getting something kind of half-assed but they recorded this over quarantine and they i mean taylor and all you know her collaborators this it, is amazing mm-hmm. and and wait and her she won she won for what category live laugh love and so, do you have a description for that for the listener? <laughs> I don't know. We kind of came up with this category because it sounded fun. Um, but, like, you know, you when you're listening to this album, you you think about life, think about laughing, you think about loving. And Even though it's kind of a depressing album. It's kind of... Not depressing, but it's like a, it's like a break-up-ish crying in the bathtub with a bottle of red wine type of album with a little bit of hope sprinkled there like throughout yeah 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 Yeah. and um i i really like this record and the companion album evermore um and uh, before we move on i just want to talk about it's aaron dressner not adam dressner right aaron yeah from the national 
Um, he was a big collaborator in this album, and then Jack Antonoff from Bleachers um, was also um, a big collaborator on this, but mostly Aaron Dressner. And uh, it really brought out this indie side of Taylor. And I love The National. Um, I'd re- I've really liked them before this. And then this album just really showed the chops of Aaron Dressner. Well, bravo, Taylor. Thoughts? Well, congratulations on your award. I actually wish that of all the people, <laughs> it would have been nice to have her show up today we didn't even get a little video acceptance speech i'm a little disappointed in taylor oh come on taylor um there's one other person because i don't know too much about him as in a personal life but i feel like he'd be cool but we'll get to that later Uh, i'll bring it up when we get to that category um all right let's move on for the category of most introspective album our first nominee reunions jason isbell and the 400 unit satellite from a witness in tears on the stand Running with our eyes closed And our second nominee, Circles by Mac Miller. Since I can't remember, I've been keeping it together, but I'm feeling strange. Get away when it ain't really safe and it don't seem right. But what's new, you get used to the bullshit screws they And the winner for most introspective album of 2020. Circles by Mac Miller. And and Circles Circles is a is a I mean it's Mac Miller of course passed away. This is his posthumous album. It came out in January of this year, so pre COVID mm-hmm. and everyone was high feeling feeling like twenty twenty was the year. Right. And he's got some upbeat songs on this one, so but it's introspective yeah. I think purely because he's he passed. Kind of the nature of it being a Yeah. Yeah. And like he's a very introspective person i mean just the stuff that he's dealt with or had dealt with um yeah i feel like this one is um the this and swimming right his the album previous are just uh, i don't know i don't want to say classics like if you're a mac miller fan you'll like them but if you haven't given these a shot like i think it's an interesting blend of of hip-hop but also kind of not funk. Not funk, but, like, but like he's got a little cheese jazz elements in there. Soul. Yeah. Soul. Yeah, he was just a really cool artist coming into his own. So. Yeah. Eagle liked the album. Yeah, Eagle was a big Mac fan. Yep, that was just our boy Eagle. Um, anyways, let's move on to the next category. Our next category is Best Cooking Album of 2020. First nominee, Strange Times by the Gorillas. And our second nominee, Notes on a Conditional Form by the 1975. Oh, 
The winner is... Notes on a Conditional Form by the 1975. Which awesome. which, which, which came out in, in May of this year. Um, and uh-huh. was probably too long of an album. But for a... It was like two and a half hours. <laughs> at least two hours. Or like right about two hours. I don't know. Was it that long? Check it. Check it. It was pull that up, James. It was an hour and twenty minutes, but it was it was too okay. It felt long. It was it did. It was too long, but I think that for this category, right, cooking, like yeah, if you're if you're cooking a big meal, it's got all sorts of different ups and downs and genres, and you could say the same I thing feel like for cleaning your house. You could say the same thing for gorillas. Both of them would be would yeah. be good cooking albums. And I think they're both not all over the place. I mean. Gorilla's album is definitely all over the place, but I think Notes in a Conditional Form has that element as well. It's a little bit more cohesive, but um, yeah, and I think it, cooking could also be like cleaning the house record too. Yeah, 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 um, just getting stuff done. Yeah, and I think that Greta Thunberg uh, first part of the thing was already an hour and a half. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe for the intro of Notes in a Conditional Form, I don't know what you'd be preparing. Maybe you're chopping onions or something and you get some tears going because <laughs> I can't. <laughs> that shit's depressing. So don't don't yeah. don't let that yeah. give you the wrong impression of what the rest of the album is. But in a way, they're, they're very traumatic, the 1975. And... The 1975 are an interesting uh, group because I feel like you either love them or you hate them. Right. Or you're just like, I think they're kind of shitty, but I still <laughs> yeah, like them anyway. Totally. I that and I'm kind of in that camp. That that snippet we just played though, it's just that like that song's a banger. So good. <laughs> it's a banger. Yeah, we were dancing so hard. <laughs> Eagle loves it. Um. Yeah, do you have anything else to add on that album? No, 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 no. The fun stuff. All right, let's move on to the next category. The next category is Best Work Album of 2020. First Album nominee, The Waterfall 2, My Morning Jacket. Our next nominee for best work album of 2020. We're new again. Gil Scott Heron, a reimagining by Micaiah McRaven. If you let me, here's what I do. The winner for Best Work Album of 2020 is... The Waterfall 2 by My Morning Jacket. Yeah! So, uh, lost one category, winning another. Yeah, and and by work album, I think what we mean is getting stuff done. And that could be your day-to-day work, and if you you want to throw an album on, or... You're getting stuff done around the house or whatever it is. It's good. It's good tempo. Good background music. My understanding music. was, yeah, and I, I mean, I listen to music when I'm doing work as well, like getting my job done, 
getting paid. <laughs> and uh, I thought, you know, I think that's a it's it's good for that. But anyways, my morning jacket, Michael. Um, I really liked that clip and the clip we played earlier. Um, it's just a good album, man. Yeah, what it. Are your thoughts on there's that? no, there's some, there's some um, yacht rock vibes to it. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. right? Kind of some old man classic rock, and and just it's dad rock. It, it's dad it's rock. definitely yeah. Sorry, dad rock, and and um, no, it's it's just my morning jacket. I think we spoke about them earlier in the year. They 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 recorded the waterfall one in twenty seventeen, and they recorded they originally they were planning on recording a double album, and they stripped out what ultimately was the waterfall two released the waterfall one and then two or you know two years later two and a half years later um they were re-looking at releasing the the, you know the b-sides quote unquote for the waterfall two Mm -hmm. they were seeing that a lot of the themes that they had in those songs were lining up um with kind of what was going on in the world and the album came out Mm -hmm. in july nice and i the the clip I chose I really liked because, um, and if you listen to the whole song, which I recommend, it starts off like really upbeat, and you might hear that in the beginning. <laughs> and then it goes into this like Pink Floydy like trippy. Um, yeah, like an interlude. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you have anything else to add for that uh, category? No, it's a fun one. Um, and the the Makaya McCraven. I'll just you know I'll just briefly say the Makaya McCraven album. Yeah, is, let's talk about that. It's kind of cool. Uh, we we haven't mentioned it on the pod before, but it's a jazz reimagining of Gil Scott Heron, who's an early kind of spoken word, um, mm-hmm. early early uh, rap pioneer, hip hop pioneer. Yeah. And uh, you might recognize him as the outro to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. There you go. Um, so yeah. it's a fun one if you want to give that one a listen. It's it's a definitely a unique album. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our next category. Our next category is Best Workout Album of 2020. First nominee, No Dream by Jeff Rosenstock. And our next nominee, Detroit 2, by Big Sean. Critical, ain't no time left on the clock. When it's your time, give them something to watch. I picked out the locks till I buy up the block, and I know I'm a gift, but I think out the box, and they want me to stop. But why would I stop? Huh? I am unstoppable. Hold up, why would I stop? Bitch, why would I stop? And the winner for Best Workout Album of 2020 is... No Dream, Jeff Rosenstock. Brad, you get you Um, you you lead off with your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I was a big proponent. I've been uh, big on Jeff Rosenstock since uh, I just, I mean, I didn't discover him, but like me personally discovering him at the end of end of the uh, twenty nine the twenty tens with worry. 
I really got in. I really got into worry. I think that was 2016, but I found it in like 20 end of 2019. And um, this is his newest album that came out in May. And uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. And he so it's a punk. He's punk, but he also incorporates ska, which is kind of like a brother of punk. And you can kind of see it there. It went from like the headbanger stuff to like. And what are your thoughts about working out to it, Michael? Uh, I loved it. I, I did it. I worked out to it this week, earlier this week, and it was a lot of fun. I l- tend to listen to rap, but I feel like punk is another... Is another. I've listened to Blink-182 working out before, too. Just you need some music that's like up-tempo and headbanger, and Jeff Rosenstock mm-hmm. is, is like our middle school years. So like the early... Two, like grown up. Early 2000s grown up, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. They're not talking about, like, kissing behind the school school yard. Yeah, or, like... It's, like, talking about, like, like important stuff. Yeah, no, no, there is. Um, he, there is... Um, sorry, I mean, there's, there is important... Like, he's got some good messages in his songs. And sometimes you... you if you're listening to punk, you kind of just... You don't even listen to the lyrics, but the way he uh-huh. does his songs, you can, you can kind of... You pick it up pretty easily, so I think he's a he's a great songwriter. Yeah, yeah. and one more thing on that, uh, I really like albums to work out to that not only have like a good like fast hard beat, like whether it's rap or punk or hard rock, but also have a little bit of kind of like slower stuff as long as it has a good beat, just to kind of even you out a little yeah. bit and like you can see from that song it kind of went from hard to soft and but like still enough of a beat like that if you were in the middle of like something you could still just like push through it love it all right we'll move on to our next category the next category is the most forgotten album of 2020 first nominee 31520 childish gambino our next nominee, the slow rush, Tame Impala. And the winner for most forgotten album of 2020. 31520 by Childish Gambino. Yeah, and I'll just say about this category, it doesn't mean that they're bad albums. It just means that, like, they're, uh, I feel like people just forgot about them. And uh, I was talking to someone, and they're like, I was like saying, talking about this podcast that we were going to record, I'm like, yeah. We're going to put Childish Gambino's album on here. And they were like, well, no, I, I kind of remember that album. And I'm like, what, what was it called? <laughs> I remember any of the songs from it. And they're like, no. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Uh, and then they're like, actually, I, for, I for, they thought it was another album that I was talking about. They, they, 
Yeah. So. Well, that. What are your thoughts on? Yeah, and the, the lead the lead single for it. Um. Or sorry. The the the. I guess the one of the biggest songs on the album was already released as a single. Feels like summer. Mm-hmm. And and so that kind of took. I feel like took the wind out of its sails because he he renamed Feels Like Summer on 31520. Yeah, and I think this is almost I think the reason it's forgotten is all on Childish Gambino's shoulders. It was released 31520, March 15, 2020, which was like right when people were noticing COVID was popping up, right when the right there, started. Yeah. And you'd think that that was would be like, oh, people are locking down, they're going to listen to this album. And I think that's what he was thinking. That was his mindset. But that's not what happened. People just were freaking about about other stuff. And also, the way he named this album, first of all, it's just numbers. And then, like, besides, like, two of the songs on the album, it's, like, timestamps of the the songs on the album. So it's, like, 0.00 and then the next song is like 2.35 right. and so you don't know like, like I, I was trying to find a clip for this and I was like I had to really find it was hard to find it because I don't I know what song I wanted to listen to but like you can't remember what song it is because it's just numbers I'm with you it's it's also very hard to to talk I think it just ba- I think it backfired a little bit because it's like oh I'm gonna be unique Back. but you like if if you and I are talking we we can barely remember the three fifteen twenty is the album name let alone like hey did you listen to you know it doesn't have a title so yeah did you listen to three point four five maybe I have no idea did you listen to did you listen to seventeen point thirty two my favorite song is 18.551. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so our message our message to Childish Gambino, I think, with this award is, hey, look, you didn't... It wasn't a bad album. We we liked it. Just, you know, good, you, you swung and a miss here. You swung and a miss. Swing and a miss. Yeah. And let's just talk about Tame Paula's record really yeah. quick. Uh, another really pretty good yeah. album that just... I think it was released, uh, we didn't write it down, but it was released either in March or like February. Yeah, I think. right there. And so I think kind of the same thing, people just kind of mind, mind-holded it and uh, just forgot about yeah. it. Like, I mean, people like will still talk about it. It's Tim and Paula who's big, but like it's, it's, it's not... Um, it's not going to be remembered among his best albums, I don't think. Right. Anyways, let's move on to our next category, which is a fun one. <laughs> our next category is Most Overrated Album of 2020. First nominee, Bolt Cutters. Uh, full album name, Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple. And our next nominee, 
Vegetable Cutters by Fiona Apple. And next year it'll be clear this was only leading me to that. And the winner is Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple. Oh my god. <laughs> so I came across this album like a lot of people I follow on Twitter that are music critics or just people that I know have good taste in music were talking about this album. I'm like, okay, I gotta check it out. And they were like and it's gotten on the top, like I think like literally the top of like a lot of year-end lists um not just like top five like number one and i couldn't get through like the first five songs and yeah i feel like it's a classic case of people also just being like echo chambers for themselves like it's almost it's almost unfashionable not to like the new Fiona Apple album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. She had this New Yorker piece on her, which I read, and it was like a really interesting like recording process. It was She recorded it almost all in her house, and she had friends come over, and she has like a bunch of like animals and cats and like like she recorded their sounds and put them on the like it just that sounds about right. Yeah. It's all over the place. It feels like if you look at the album art, there's this picture of her like looking like a psycho. And it's that picture is the album to me. It's like scary. Yeah. I don't want to listen to it. And I don't understand what anyone hears in it. Maybe we're, maybe we're just, maybe it's over our heads, but I think maybe other people are crazy. Well, what, but yeah. at the same time, we respect other people. We do. And if they like it, that's on them, but we personally feel like <laughs> that's on them. everyone else is wrong. <laughs> right? I mean, we always they can we, still like it, but we think they're. We wrong. always say this. We say maybe we're just not ready for it. I I guess I uh-huh. guess I'm gonna be a little mean here. I don't know if I ever want to be ready for this. Yeah, not a fan. Anything you want to say about the most overrated album of 2020? No, I, I, I think what I'm hoping for is that, the last thing I want to say, what I'm hoping for is that when we look back at these year-end 2020 lists, that people are a little ashamed that they put this album on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. Because it's not on our list. And maybe and maybe they'll put Tim and Paula up there. That's yeah. right. That'd be cool. Yeah. Maybe they'll rediscover it. Um, all right. Now to our final category. The one everyone's been waiting for. The best album of 2020. Our first no- nominee. It's kind of a combination. Folklore and Evermore. The Sister Albums by Taylor Swift. Our second nominee, St. Cloud by Waxahachie. 
And the one you've all been waiting for, the winner of the best album of 2020 is... St. Cloud by Waxahachie. Waxahachie. And, and this one was released in March, too. And it was around... It was right around the Childish Gambino album in March. It was right around, you know, that's the month of COVID for the United States. And um, I feel like this one did not suffer the same fate. Uh, right. You know, it actually had an album title, so I think that helped Waxahachie. Yeah, and it, it had it had track titles. Yeah. Um, this one, for me, was... is I'm, I mean... Speaking about the other album or sister albums on this list, which I think it's it's right that we we put them together. The Taylor Swift, like also amazing, and also what you know when I listen to those, I'll think of twenty twenty two. But for Waxahachie's twenty twenty two or twenty twenty as well. sorry twenty twenty as well. Um, but for Wax <laughs> for Waxahachie's, there is a uh, a sense of like playfulness but also like sincerity on the waxahachie album that's a great combination and it it kind of for 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 me personally it helped it helped kind of um put some positive color and light on on what was a a rough 2020 um in many different ways couldn't agree more um Big fan fan of both these records. I guess three records, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I really liked Saint Cloud. I think you described it perfectly well. It brought some color into what was a dark time, I guess. And yeah, and then folklore evermore. Like we both said, I thought it was interesting. The like double surprise like people were like oh folklore it's great and then like two weeks later however long it was like it was just like psych got another album out yeah. same thing yeah and i thought i thought some people are like oh it's all about folklore i honestly think evermore has as as much depth maybe not as much depth but close to it the, yeah um, i feel like i feel like there's a little it's hard to for people to i don't know it's hard. It was hard for me to think, commit to a second Taylor Swift album because I was just I was I'm still loving and, and digesting process folklore. Yeah, yeah. So I think I just kind of thought of this. I think Evermore kind of suffers like the Childish Gambino album a little bit, where it's it's just too much too soon. And, right. Um. Yeah, but that that'll the the great thing about it is, you know, we could listen to like I probably feel like I'll listen to now that I've feel like I've in a sense I've exhausted folklore. Like I'm I'm finally ready to move on, and it's nice to have yet another you know Taylor Swift album to listen to that is kind of in the same theme. So yeah. But anyways, if listener, if you've yet to listen to Saint Cloud by Waxahachie, give it a spin. It's a it's a great it's a great album of um, twenty twenty. Boom. Um. Well, that wraps up our feelies twenty twenty. Um, it was a first. It was a good first annual. 
Yeah, I thought I thought it was. Um, listeners, uh, I will try to put all the albums except for Fetch the Bolt Cutters in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have them up on the site too. Yeah, feelingcontent.net. Um, I'll, I'll try to put feelingcontent.net. Check it out. Um, and Michael, uh, do you have a what you feeling for next week? I do, I do, for Brad. Next episode, and it's a uh, it's one that we've spoken about. We haven't put up, we haven't um, you know spoken to the listener about it. It's going to be a little mm-hmm. out there, but uh, Fear Inoculum by Tool. Ooh, okay, yeah, and you have we have spoken about this, and I know you've turned into a big Tool fan. <laughs> You're such a tool. Um, and I listen to the album and I'm like, ooh, I really like this, but I haven't really visited that much. So I'm excited for this one. How about you, Brad? What you feeling? All right. Um, I don't know if you're going to hate me for this. I'm already excited. Um, I, I think I might have to do a backup on it because I think... No, no backups. I don't think it's... No backups. no backups. Well, I think I'm gonna have a modification for it, because, um, well, I'll just say what it is. It's Dead and Company live at Madison Square Garden, New York, New York, eleven one twenty nine. Okay, I'll take it. I mean, and it's three hours long. It's, okay, all right, that's fine. Well, it's okay. I've given you. I've given you. Uh, notes on a conditional form, which was an hour and twenty minutes. This is over twice as much, but I love <laughs> I love John Mayer, and it, I don't not like uh, Grateful Dead. So let's give it a go. Yeah, and uh, I think this I, it's either gonna make you suffer through it, and you're gonna be like, man, I still don't really love Grateful Dead, or it might turn you around. And I think. Um, one thing, we had a Grateful Dead conversion episode where I tried to convince Michael to like the Grateful Dead. Yeah. And one thing I don't think I did enough of was have Dead and Company songs where John Mayer sang. And I don't want, I'm getting ahead of myself, yeah. but John Mayer sings more on this one. So it might, I don't know, we'll see how it goes. All right, well, I'm, I'm actually excited. It'll be, it'll be good to give it another chance. It's been about, um, no, not quite a year, but um, it's been enough time that, you know, maybe taste has changed. Yeah. Yeah, and I also want to mention too. I meant to mention this in uh, the beginning of the episode when we were talking about our albums of 2020. Honestly, my uh, music of 2020 was The Grateful Dead and Dead and Company, but like that's not an album per se. So I just um, I put Carrie and Lowell. So yeah, and that's perfect. I mean, I want I want I would love to be able to identify with one of your favorite groups a little bit more. So. This will be fun. We got a nice. tool and dead and company. <laughs> dead tool. I feel like they would like each other. Mutual respect, at yeah, least. I think so. Yeah. Right, listener, we'll see. Eagle, Michael, and I are signing off. Um, do you have anything to add? No. Thank you for. Thank you for listening to another episode of uh, Feeling Content. Check us out on our website, feelingcontent.net. Eagle saying sign off, and I'm saying ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao.